talk about the Oklahoma Sooners. Garen Emig, Tulsa World Sports columnist alongside OU beat writer Eric Bailey, checking back in via uh, Tulsa World uh, podcast, available where your uh, podcasts are made available. We'll have specific details as to how and when to subscribe uh, moving forward. Uh, the video format as well as an option courtesy of TulsaWorld.com. Very happy you've tuned into our, our little Zoom chat. Uh, Eric, football is, uh, again, a, a nonstop when it comes to uh, the Sooners and covering Oklahoma. It continued this week with, I, I guess, what we're, we're terming the last hire for Brent Venables on his staff. Uh, can you tell us anything about Jay Valai, the co-defensive coordinator and, and I guess, passing defense coordinator? <laughs> yeah, uh, Brent Venables is finally finished. He has 10, play, 10 coaches on his staff. He's the defensive side of the ball is set. It's, it's kind of interesting. He's the co-defensive coordinator along with Todd Bates. And then uh, and then you got Ted Roof as a defensive coordinator. So there's three coordinator titles on this staff. But I've been told that that's, that's how Brent Venables wants to shape it out. He wants to have different coordinators on this team. So, and of course, Brent Venables will be running the defense. So it's interesting. There's going to be a lot of a lot of hands on there, all hands on deck. But yeah, coach comes from Alabama, uh, one season at Alabama. And, you know, the announcement came the day after the national championship game. So I thought that was interesting that, you know, he, he may have been in place for a while, but they were waiting for that game to be finished. You look back at his history, it was at Texas in 2020, it was at Rutgers in 2019. Uh, just, it, it's someone that Brent Venables, you know, had crossed paths with. I mean, I think they really, you look back and they really never coached together. But I think Coach Venables was really interested in the way that he saw him on the recruiting trail, the work that he did, and really felt like he'd be a really good fit here at Oklahoma. So, uh, another quarterback's coach for the Sooners, uh, a, a guy with a, you know, you come off Nick Saban's staff, you know you've got some really good, uh, a really good resume when that happens too. So it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. You mentioned the number of coordinators. There, there might have been some in, among the, uh, the OU fan base a little uneasy about that. Uh, and they, they, to feel uneasy, all they have to do is look back at Oklahoma State's experience in the Fiesta Bowl when Mike Gundy had really didn't delineate a coordinator and then said it'll be a three-man job between three of his assistant coaches. And that got all crossed up as the Cowboys started so poorly against Notre Dame in terms of communication and, and game plan and, and whatnot. This is different. This is not – again, you could, you could – there are going to be people who look back on that, that experience and wonder if – there are too many cooks in the kitchen, so to speak, with regard to what Brent, Brent is doing. But Brent, remember, is overseeing the whole operation. We'll have the final say when it comes to defense and, and if there is a specific play call during a game. I don't assume, in other words, you're going to see the same mayhem uh, at Oklahoma with this situation as you did Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, make no mistake, Brent Venables is running this defense. Yeah. <laughs> he was hired to do. and and uh, But you're correct. I, I, I think – you know, you'll have spring ball where everything can get organized. You'll have fall camp before that first game goes on. There's going to be a lot of work with this defensive staff meshing. I think, you know, we always get lost in the fact that players have to get used to new coaches. Well, defensive staff have to get used to the players as well as themselves because this is a collective group who hasn't worked together. Right. Venables has faith in all of them. And I, I really think that, you know, what they're going to do this spring is going to be so important as, as far as them building rapport, building chemistry and knowing what the, the, the grand plan is under Coach Venables. And right now, you have coaches out making uh, recruiting contacts. I think this is the first day that they're allowed to do so during this period. <clears throat> and anymore, it's not just uh, recruiting high school and, and even JUCO prospects, but transfer portal prospects. And it, the, the portal continues to, to whirl at Oklahoma, both good and bad. You're, you're still seeing players matriculate out as well as potential 
transfers coming in? Have you been able to keep track of, of, of who's potentially coming and going just this week? It's funny, just keeping track. It's a whirlwind. Uh, it really is, especially with school getting ready to start. School starts on campus at Oklahoma on, I believe, let's see, the 18th. So that's that's uh, coming up pretty quick, the day after Martin Luther King Day. And then once school starts, the clock really starts ticking because you want those transfer portal kids in for the spring semester. You need them to learn this system. You know, you'd hate for them to come in the summer, albeit there may be some that come in this summer late in the game, but you want to get them as much uh, in tune with what they're trying to do at Oklahoma as soon as possible. Uh, let's talk about the loss first this week was Latrell McCutcheon. Uh, he decided to move, move on and, uh, you know, it's another hit on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, defense, it, it's, it's interesting how many de defensive players have left, uh, you know, just not through just the transfer portal, but also through the NFL draft. I right. think that's going to be really, really a different look on defense. But the good thing is it's a clean slate. They're all going to learn together. Uh, coming in the quarterback situation, that's the, that's the key. Now, Caleb, sure. as of this time, as of Friday morning, we still haven't heard of, about Caleb Williams' decision, what he's going to do, where he's going to go, what his next step is. And Oklahoma cannot wait. For him to make the decision, they have to, you know, press forward and try to find some someone to fill that quarterback's room. And they have some talented quarterbacks coming in. Uh, Jackson Dart from USC. That'd be strange if Caleb Williams goes to USC. It'd almost be a, a man, oh, uh, just a trade, just a trade. He's a talented quarterback who was widely recruited. So I think that's someone that you really, really have to keep an eye on uh, to see if that happens. And then a uh, last name, uh, a name that people are familiar with. Is Chubba Purdy, uh, the younger brother of Brock Purdy at Iowa State, he is he has visited Oklahoma too, and he's someone that uh, was at Florida State, and now he's looking to hit the portal and he's looking for somewhere different. So those two names are the biggest names to keep looking forward at this week, you know. As well, and, and there's others. I mean, you're looking across the across the line. There's a lot of visitors that are going to happen this weekend. A lot of uh, transfer portal. It's just interesting how transfer portal how this has really become a thing in January, how these guys are getting re-recruited and, and uh, coaches are looking to fill some spots. And in Oklahoma, they really, really need to fill them pretty quick. Here's how crazy this, this game has become. I think it was two years ago, I wrote an off-season column about a linebacker named Drew Sanders. who was a hotshot prospect out of Texas at the time who had committed Oklahoma, was headed, I think, to Oklahoma. And then flipped Alabama with uh, a wild card in that equation being Mike Stoops. And the fact that he had, he had joined Nick Saban's staff as an analyst at the time. And I remember speaking to our, our mutual friend, Josh McQuistian, who does such a great job covering recruiting for, for Soonerscoop.com, trying to get to the, you know, the, what role Stoops may have played and you know, how, what, whether, whether indirectly or not in, in something like that. And here now, it's Sanders transferring back from Alabama, potentially, and we say potentially, to Oklahoma. It's, an, it's a crazy backstory, but it would be a pretty important player for Oklahoma to add if, if they were to pull this off. Yeah, and I think Drew Sanders is another that's going to visit Oklahoma and, and meet with the coaching staff. And his type of play, you're looking at one of the best players in Texas in that 2020 class. He, uh, he would really fit what Brent Venables looks for in a player. I mean, just... An outstanding player, didn't get a lot of reps, played a lot of special teams, got limited reps at Alabama, but don't read too much into that because Alabama's talent is amazing. Right, right. It's hard to get on the field. You know, you're, you're the ultimate of ultimate players usually on that Alabama defense. So I think he's a guy that really he'd be hungry to play. 
Uh, Brent Venables would love to add him to this team. And, and I think that's just one of those kids you really, really have to, to, to watch and keep an eye on. That, that's a blast from the past. You're right. Two years ago, he was an Oklahoma commitment before everything changed. Eric, at this point, do you encounter anybody, fam, public media, anybody who's, who still thinks or, that Caleb Williams might even consider returning to Oklahoma? Or has everyone accepted the reality at this point? I mean, and I mean, when I say everyone, I mean everyone. Yeah, I really think everyone has really accepted that reality. I, this, the only interesting thing is he hasn't made his decision yet. He hasn't gone public where this is where he's going to school. But, you know, just by all the steps that Oklahoma is doing when they're bringing these quarterbacks in, and like I said, they can't afford to wait for Caleb Williams. But I don't think Oklahoma would be making a full court press if Caleb Williams was coming back. Uh, and, you know, of course, we have no knowledge of that. We don't know if Caleb has informed the team that that's going to happen. There's been some rumors out there, some speculation that that has happened. But until it becomes official, you have to wait and see. And uh, Oklahoma, it's interesting because you just never, you know, five years ago, we would have been stunned if you had to re-recruit your, your five-star quarterback to come back to Oklahoma. We just wouldn't believe that would happen. If you told us that you know, during the Baker Mayfield and Tyler Murray, yeah. We would have no clue that would have happened, but that's the world that we live in right now. Um, let me throw one more name out there, too. Sure. And this is, you know, for not next year, but the next recruiting cycle is Arch Manning. Uh, he was someone that Oklahoma appears to, you know, <laughs> made, a, made an offer to. And, you know, of course, the lineage that Arch Manning has, you know, the nephew of Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, grandson of Archie Manning. Uh, he's another quarterback to keep an eye on. You know, I don't know where Oklahoma is in the pecking order of uh, favorites for him. But, you know, Oklahoma's not holding back and going after some of these five-star quarterbacks. Well, and if you think about the Manning family, you draw an automatic connection to Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma's connection to Ole Miss yeah. is now Oklahoma's offensive coordinator, who was at Ole Miss, and that's Jeff Levy. So that, yeah, I mean, you, you can do, you can do some, some fairly simple math to figure out why the Sooners might be in, 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 in better position uh, to get a, a player of, of Arch Manning's caliber than they than they were when the old staff was still. Or of course, when the old staff was still here, Malachi Nelson was that guy, right? Yeah, so they didn't, have to work. they didn't really care so yeah. much about Arch Manning. Yeah, yeah, you're right because they had a, they had a commit from Malachi Nelson, and uh, that was what they wanted. That's what Lincoln Riley wanted. So there was no contact, no meaning, no need for Arch Manning. Now, definitely, you want to be in the, those sweepstakes for that kind of quarterback. Man, football! I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I feel for you, man, trying to keep up with all of this stuff. And uh, as if football wasn't enough, you still have a basketball team to keep track of. Uh, let's let's update folks on on where the Sooners are after their week. It was a, a very important win Saturday, last Saturday. It feels like several Saturdays ago because every day feels like several now. Uh, it was last Saturday, right, against the Cyclones of Iowa State. Yes, sir. And then, and then they go to Texas and – uh, I don't want to say lay an egg, but it, the Longhorns came to play. Oklahoma did not match the – I don't think – did, did match the intensity out of the gate, did some things that, that uh, kind of self-inflicted self, uh, self uh, wounds, so to speak. Never really in that game. So now what you got to do is turn around and, and get it back – go in the right direction. And that, there's an opportunity, it would seem, for them to do that tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. And, and you're right, Texas played – amazing uh earlier this week it was probably one of the best games they've had all year and they were coming off a tough loss too so I think going down there you know everything it was like the perfect storm for Oklahoma uh the key is seeing how the team reacts uh how they respond to a loss uh they've done well so far they haven't lost back-to-back -back games all season 
Uh, going down to TCU on Saturday, that's an opportunity game for them to kind of right the ship. And of course, in the Big 12, nothing gets easy because next week they they play Kansas on Tuesday at home. So uh, you go from TCU to Kansas. I mean, every week you look at your schedule and you say, wow, we play this team, we play this team. So the main thing is just grind it out. So I, I really think that Oklahoma, they're playing well under Porter Mosier. They're doing the, you know, they're doing the right things defensively. Uh, they, they just had to continue to play really good defense and make shots. That's the key. Uh, they, they're really consistent offensively. Uh, last, uh, the loss against Texas, that was the only time we really haven't seen them be real efficient offensively. Uh, Tanner Groves only had two points, and he only had one shot. And you can't get that from your leading scorer and expect to win. You can't turn over the ball. You can't go one for 12 from the three-point line. There's just so much that went wrong that game. So uh, we'll see how things get fixed when they hit the road against TCU. Well, if you want to contend and if you want to stay in the upper half of the Big 12, the toughest conference in the, in the nation, it seems, this year, you better protect your home court. You mentioned the Kansas game next Tuesday, Norman. I believe, Eric, that the game following that one is home against Baylor yeah. uh, a week from tomorrow. So there, there it is right there. If, if the Sooners really want to make some noise in the Big 12 and solidify their, their postseason position, there's two huge opportunities, uh, not just tomorrow – uh, with uh, TCU, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, but I believe it's Kansas. It's Kansas and Baylor. I can't. I don't know if Baylor's yeah. a home or, or a road, but I believe. Not, yeah, Baylor's a home game. They played Baylor earlier this year down in Waco. So. Okay, so there you go. So there's two opportunities. And, and it's crazy when you look at this conference. You know, eight days into the conference play, eight days, every school but Baylor had a conference loss. Eleven days in, every school had a conference loss. I mean. I sincerely think that the league champion could have four or five losses this year. Everything's been played out. So that's going to be big too. And let me switch gears real quick, Gary. Yeah. Uh, women's basketball, Kayla Robertson set the uh, all-time record for three-pointers in Big 12 play. So great game, great kid. Uh, five for five from the three-point line in, in, in her, her, the game. A big, big victory over Baylor. They broke a seven-year uh, losing streak to Baylor. This week, so that was a huge win. And Jenny Baranchek, she has her team playing so well. I mean, you look at them; they've already, I think, they've got 14 wins now, uh, and they're going to be a player in this conference. I mean, they're going to, they've got some road wins already. Uh, it's there's something special brewing on that women's basketball program as well. Joe Castiglione hired two basketball coaches <laughs> in the same window, right? Uh -huh. Last year, last spring, and I think everyone sort of matriculated to what Moser's impact could be post-Lon Kruger with the men. If you haven't paid attention to what Jenny Baranchik has done, replacing Sherry Cole with the OU women, you're making a terrible mistake. She, what she's done, I think, is even more impressive considering the roster uh, that, she, that, uh, that she has and considering she's lost some players. Uh, I think Ana Luanza and um, uh, Ana Lanusa, I'm sorry, and Gabby Gregory are, mm -hmm. start, uh, are out or were out for that Baylor game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is quite a job that uh, that Baranchik is doing. It really is. And you mentioned Joe C. When you think about it, too, he hired two Missouri Valley Conference coaches, uh, the, one from Loyola, Chicago, one from Drake, from their hometown team, hometown schools, because uh, Mosier was from Chicago and uh, Jenny Baranchik's from Des Moines. And he got them to leave their hometown schools with successful programs, come to Oklahoma and win games. So uh, hats off to Joe C. All right, so we'll uh, see what's going on with both basketball programs uh, next week, as well as uh, any updates we can pass along regarding the football program. Uh, I think I asked this question to you last week, Eric, to close, but I, I, I'll ask this week if I didn't. 
Yes or no, will we know Caleb Williams' next destination by the time we see <laughs> each other again next Friday? I, I feel fairly confident in seven days we'll know what Caleb Williams, where he'll suit up next season. I also, I'll, I'll, I'll make that bet. I think we will. So we'll have that to talk about as well. All right, keep uh, reading Eric's material at the, on, the, on the Tulsa World website. If you, if you go digital, you catch the newspaper still in the driveway every morning. We thank you for that. We certainly thank you for tuning in to our multimedia coverage via the podcast and, uh, and here uh, visually on Zoom. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. For more information, you can visit TulsaWorld.com.